0: the series that we started this last uh, uh, week, which is called, what child is this? Child of Odd and child of awe. And let me be honest with you, the more I, I think and ponder about the topic of child of awe and child of oddness, because it's a, it's a kind of a contradiction. I I realize that that God is more a God of, of awesome wonders, but also some odd, very weird, very peculiar, let me be nice, ways. And we'll ponder upon some of those today, particularly when it comes to God's love. And today, I want us to realize that God is free. Listen to this. God is so free that nothing in the universe binds him in any way, shape, or form. Nothing created or uncreated limits God in any way, shape, or form. God is free, and that freedom allows God to love people freely. Did you get it? If you have hang-ups, you're going to love with hang-ups. Who has hang-ups? I raised both, both my hands, okay? I'm the leader in this band. <laughs> so, so that's part of it all. You see, but, but in the series that I'm sharing, and last week, the verses up there, we were talking about the child, that, an awesome child that presented an odd kind of peace. The kind of peace that we cannot rationalize, the kind of peace that we cannot create ourselves, the kind of peace that we just can't make it happen. It is the peace that Philippians call the peace that passes all understanding. So if it passes all understanding, what are we trying to figure out with little things? What are we trying to muster it up with formulas? Like we figured out the text before that. If you need anything, don't be anxious about anything. If you need something, ask God in supplication, prayer, and thanksgiving. And then the peace of God, well... That's a formula. And the problem with the formula we discovered is that we take the formula and we want to add thanksgiving and prayer plus peace. And we're expecting prayer plus thanksgiving and we're expecting peace. Where is God? By making a formula, we have kicked God out of the equation and we are the ones working out the mathematics. And that peace that passes all understanding does not come to us that way. That peace that passes all understanding comes to us when we need it. Right? And those of us who have experienced crises kind of realize, oh, I must have not loved that person that much because I'm no. <laughs> That's the gossip. <laughs> but then they ask you, Why are you so peaceful? Because of Jesus. Yes, we 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 pain, we suffer, we ache. But we don't despair. We don't lose hope. We don't lose it all together. Uh, maybe in private. <laughs> Until he comes and sits a while with me. Amen. You see, God's ways are amazing. And, 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 and we really realize that that peace comes only through God. But God's ways sometimes strike us as awe and sometimes as odd. The fact that God created wow that brings God on some kind of marvel awesome thought right God created everything the fact that God creation is actually a reality in your life and my life that we participate in that creation wow that may bring some marvel and surprise in our lives that God rescues and saves that God relieves that God redeems that God supports that God uplifts that gives us hope that gives us courage <coughs> but God does some very interestingly weird stuff that this hope this redemption that this love that we is poured on us like the water that's falling from the skies because God's love is like water because no matter how hard your heart is that water is going to find a crack Gonna sip in and touch your core. But God does some very odd things. For example, think about this that this salvation and the love that we experience is due to the stories of striking dead firstborn animals and humans, or by parting a sea, or by seven times walking around a city to knock down the walls. That's odd do you think so? That salvation would come to us in the form of a defenseless, poor kid from the suburban ghettos. Not the king, the master of the powerful military who's going to... That's odd, isn't it? How odd are God's ways? Actually, Isaiah reminds us how odd God's ways are in, in, in the text that, that, that we have uh, when he says, uh, my, my ways, my thoughts, my ways are not your ways. God reminds us. He says through, through Isaiah that, uh, uh, really, no kidding, that your ways are not our ways? Yeah. Yeah. You see, our text this morning reminds us of that same situation. We have a version. We have a, a, a little girl who's basically a teen, just starting in her teens, from a humble family, finds herself in the middle of a mess, in the middle of a situation that her and her family would not have wanted at all to create, in a very odd experience. Scary, intimidated, yet surprisingly affirming and awesome. Where's my scripture? Let me have your... Listen to what happens to Mary. Her response when the weirdest thing in the world happens. I mean, she's doing her own thing. Yeah, go for the scripture. Uh, She's doing her own thing at home, and suddenly this angel shows up. What? An angel shows up? And this angel has all this wonderful, because the glory of God was there. We don't really know what in the world that means. That's awe and odd at the same time. This is those moments where you don't know how to react. Uh, It happened to me in Puerto Rico. I didn't know how to react. Because I was at this restaurant, and and I see the menu, and and I see that they have flautas. Okay, that was odd over there, but they have flautas, Mexican flautas. And uh, it was a Mexican restaurant. And... uh, they were a, 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 a dish was for three flautas. So the guy asked me, which ones would you like, chicken, chorizo, or steak? Wow. Could I have one of each? No. He just said, no. And for the first time, I think my mother and my sister saw me speechless. I didn't know how to respond to that, no. He didn't tell me, uh, we don't serve them that way. They just have to be all one, one kind or no. He said, no. And my mom was there, and I looked at her like, am I supposed to react to you? I mean, I was speechless. It was one of those experiences that you don't know what to say because, yeah, I was with family. <laughs> Not alone. So Mary has this experience of the angel appearing to her and then telling her things that she probably did not want to hear because everything she heard had a price on her life. Think about it. Everything she heard had a sacrifice. Oh, we think about it in the romantic after story. How wonderful, Cinderella kind of Disney way. No, 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 no. Every single promise that was given to her had a sacrifice, had something to give up. And then this is the way she responds to that odd and yet awesome experience that she's going to be the bearer, the mother of the Savior of the world. Mary responds, oh, how my soul praises the Lord. What? How my spirit rejoices in God my Savior for he took notice of his lowly servant girl. He has filled the hungry with good things. He sent the rich away with empty hands. He helped his servant Israel and remember to be merciful, for he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his children forever. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months, and then she went back to her own home. What an amazing reaction. She decides to get off herself. She could have said, hey, angel, the minute you're telling me that I'm going to be pregnant, that means that I'm going to be violating my parents' rules. I'm going to be breaking the law. I'm going to be, be-, I'm going to be becoming an ostracized person in my society. My family may even have to pay a price of abandonment and an ex- 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 exilic experience because of what you're telling me. Not only that, but my betrothed guy, the guy, my man, the one who's going to be my man, you know, he's going to be having some issues with this story. I mean, you're really placing me in a very difficult situation of it all. Not only with her own self, because a little girl usually dreams on a wedding and having that wonderful experience before perhaps having a child. Some do. And in Mary's situation, all this is turned upside down. It's not normal. It's not right, some may say. That, she has, that her life has to be put at risk in that society because of now what God wants to do in some odd and weird way. Putting people at risk. Families at risk. Hmm. But what was her response? Her response was one of humility. Her response was one of embracing. Actually, some words before before her actual response, which we call as the Magnificat, which is what we just read, verses 46 through 56. We, We actually read the words, may it be done as you will. Instead of running away from the odd situation, she decided to hang in with the awe, oh, amazing part of the experience. And, and, and instead of, of, of fearing and letting fear and faithlessness and hopelessness take over her heart and despair, which, which should have fit in there, she rather goes for the hope, the love, the remembering of who is speaking to her, the God who has done all these mighty things, the God who has ordered everything. And then in Isaiah, the text that that my friend Chip read, we find also some odd situations in there where God's love is being poured into a new covenant experience, and the predatory practices of animals are broken, where the lamb and the lion can lay down together. What? I can imagine that place to be like the church, where we do not hurt one another anymore. Where, where anger and, and where my ego versus your ego, you know, where that can just die and we can celebrate our togetherness, our unity. Last week we had a visitor and it was the first time he was in a church in 25 years of his life. That's how he was. And you know what was the one thing that impacted him most? Your togetherness. Your unity. Remember that that, uh, the disciples asked Jesus at one time, how are they going to know that we are your disciples? Oh, through your style of worship, they'll know that you are my disciples. No. Through your theology, they will know you're my disciples. Through your love, they will know you are my disciples. And it is that love of God that Paul reminds us that there is no depth and no height ever expanding. I call it a liquid love that sips in even into our darkest nights, into our darkest days where we're just in that rock, in that castle, and we're just suffering quietly. Yet that soft mist of God can come in and touch your soul. And bring that balm of love and acceptance unconditional without having to work at it, even without deserving it. But we receive it with great joy because God has sent it to us. And, and not only do we receive it, but we're called to be in the table together. Uh, today, as we move into communion, uh, I want you to, uh, uh, Kevin, and, and I'm going to ask Sean to possibly, and, and, and when Paulette comes back, to possibly join. These chairs are available because we have set-ups in these tables here for communion. So we invite you. Uh, I know you're going to join. You're just doing this thing. He's going to be singing. <laughs> so don't think of any ill yet. But rather, right in our tables, we're going to be enjoying the feast of love. Mm -hmm. That love that God poured into into his son, Jesus Christ. And then his son, Jesus Christ, came and walked amongst us and celebrated life. Doing the oddest things as talking to women who he wasn't supposed to. Mm -hmm. Samaritans and Syrophoenicians of all, my goodness sake. Making their lives worthy. Children who were no one giving them a place in the kingdom. Men who were powerful coming down at the table with men who were thieves and criminals. Isn't that amazing? That's the odd and yet the amazing love of Jesus Christ.